Section 13 of the Medici, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Medici, Volume 1, by G. F. Young. Chapter 6. Piero il Gotoso. Part 2. But the chief interest of the five years' rule of Piero il Gotoso centers in his prominent connection with the art of the period he had had greater leisure to pursue the family tastes for learning and art than would have been the case had he had better health and being passionately fond of both they had for thirty years been the chief interest of his life a thorough scholar he was as eager in the collection of rare manuscript books as his father and made many valuable additions to the medici library still more important was the unremitting assistance which he gave to art nearly every work of art which remains in florence belonging to piero's time was executed either for him or at his instigation including the one solitary work which the medici palace still retains the frescoes round the walls of the chapel in fourteen sixty six the great sculptor donatello died at the age of eighty-one in accordance with his dying request to be laid close to his lifelong friend and patron cosimo pater patrie he was buried at the expense of the medici family in the crypt of san lorenzo alongside the tomb of cosimo almost the whole city with every architect sculptor and painter in florence following his funeral he was the last of those who had assisted at the outburst in art at the beginning of the century masaccio brunelleschi ghiberti and frangelico had all passed away and besides lippi who had left florence and died three years after donatello the foremost men in art now were luca della robbia leon battista alberti piero della francesca and benozzo gozzoli while another young painter sandro botticelli was just coming forward luca della robbia is another of those who struck out a special line in art entirely his own his chief work in marble the cantoria and his other works in marble and bronze have already been noticed but the works which have given him his special fame are the beautiful bas-reliefs executed by him in glazed terracotta generally white with a blue background a method which he gradually perfected and made his own luca della robbia's object in adopting this method was the invention of a form of art which could be employed for the decoration of churches and other buildings where marble bas-reliefs from their costliness were impossible it is believed that the sight of some ancient greek enamelled ware gave luca della robbia the idea of using the same method for sculptures in relief but however that may be his actual discovery made after profound studies in chemistry and innumerable experiments consisted in covering the clay model with an enamel which is thought to have consisted of the ingredients of glass mixed with oxide of tin the exact method was kept as a family secret but the particular method in which luca della robbia's conceptions were given permanence is of far less importance than the works themselves as the marchesa Bodamaki says the joy of life the sadness of life the grief of the madonna the innocence of childhood the love of mother for child and of child for mother the great central lessons of the redemption angelic sympathy 
all these luca della robbia has depicted with a perfection which no other artist has ever surpassed his date also is an important item in our appreciation of his genius looking at his works one can scarcely realize that he was born in the same year as masaccio and long before all that great army of painters who followed in the latter half of the fifteenth century yet it is not too much to say that for the beauty of expression in the faces of his madonnas of his angels and of his children including the representations of the child christ it is not until we reach raphael born eighty years after him that we find a painter able to equal him in these respects while even raphael does not in these points surpass him regarding his relief of the madonna and child with two angels in a curved lunette now in the museum of the bargello mr allan marquand after remarking that there is much of raphael's manner in the bearing of the madonna draws attention to her eyes and says luca's ideal of the madonna was evidently a woman with blue eyes while to the christ child he gives hazel eyes and in the relief of the madonna and child in the foundling hospital in which the child holds a scroll with the words ego sum lux mundi and the madonna's hand rests on the inscription quia respexit dominus humanitatum ansile sue mr marquand draws attention to the eyes marked in lilac the hairy eyebrows lilac upper eyelashes and pupils and a light shade of lilac in place of the usual grayish blue for the iris of the eye in the relief of the madonna and child with three cherub heads in an arched niche now in the museum of the bargello the heads of the cherubs are specially beautiful while his altarpiece in the church of the Impruneta near florence is considered to contain one of the most beautiful figures of st john the baptist ever executed luca della robbia lived to the age of eighty-one dying in fourteen eighty two leon battista alberti was one of those men of varied genius which the renaissance so often produced nominally he was an architect and also a painter but really and chiefly an authority on art in all its branches he occupies a similar position in his age to that occupied by leonardo da vinci fifty years later and it was as a universally accepted authority on art in general and not for any works of his own that alberti gained his fame vasari in speaking of him enlarges on how necessary learning is to an artist and speaks of the great aid which alberti gave to art by his writings saying that such is the force of his writings that he exercised far greater influence by them over art than many who surpassed him by their works alberti was exceedingly versatile he studied architecture painting perspective sculpture and latin he wrote two treatises on painting one on architecture and one on sculpture he invented a celebrated perspective glass and vasari says was expert in all physical exercises and in all the accomplishments of a gentleman alberti was a florentine but he belonged to the party of the foriusciti or permanent exiles and spent very little of his life in florence he died in rome in fourteen seventy two at the age of sixty seven piero della francesca though he worked first at florence and learnt his art there 
especially studying masaccio's frescoes did not belong to florence itself but to the small town of borgo san sepolcro which had become part of florence's territory in fourteen forty one his great work for art was the final discovery of the true laws of perspective that subject on which so many brains in the world of art had long been busy and which was the last of the secrets of the technique of painting to be discovered in this achievement he must be coupled to some extent with paolo uccello and with alberti and he really took up and carried on alberti's ideas it was arrived at by being worked out from a mathematical basis and not from any of the empirical methods which had been tried by many artists in succession piero della francesca's chief work was his treatise on perspective dedicated to the duke of urbino the most pleasing of his pictures the altarpiece now in the pinacoteca at perugia has a long colonnade in perfect perspective piero della francesca is also notable for two other things we have in his fresco paintings at arezzo the first real endeavour to paint historical pictures and in his portraits of the duke and duchess of urbino now in the uffizi gallery we have the first regular portraits in fourteen sixty nine piero della francesca then sixty-three was invited to urbino by the duke in order to paint them duke federigo's is painted showing the left side of the face in order to conceal the loss of his right eye which together with his broken nose was caused by a severe wound received in a tournament the likeness judged by those on coins is admirable as also the perspective of the landscape in the distance these two valuable portraits hung in the palace at urbino as long as there were any dukes of urbino when in sixteen thirty four vittoria della rovere the sole heiress of the last duke of urbino was married to her first cousin ferdinand the second she brought as a part of her property these portraits of her ancestor and ancestress thus bringing them into the art collections of the medici family piero della francesca died in fourteen ninety two at the age of eighty six benozzo gazzoli pupil of fra angelico is the great illustrative painter of his time as the teller of a story he is unrivalled he was a most rapid and indefatigable worker covering huge spaces with his beautifully executed frescoes in a wonderfully short time thus he has left a mass of paintings which are very valuable historically bringing vividly before us the manners of the time of the earlier medici like so many others gozzoli began as a worker on the bronze doors under ghiberti after a time he began to learn painting under fra angelico working as his assistants at florence and rome until fourteen forty seven when he first began to paint alone benozzo gozzoli's three chief works are one his frescoes in the church of san agostino at san gimignano a great cycle of frescoes representing the life of st augustine from his boyhood to his death in seventeen scenes this huge work took even gozzoli four years two his frescoes in the chapel of the medici palace at florence which are considered his masterpiece see chapter seven three his frescoes in the camposanto at pisa this was a gigantic work it occupied gozzoli fifteen years and was nothing less than covering with his paintings the whole of the north wall of the camposanto 
a task says vasari immense enough to discourage a whole legion of masters the scenes represent the whole of the old testament history from the time of noah to that of solomon in twenty-three scenes gozzoli has introduced into these forest scenery scenes of the vintage in tuscany and much that is interesting in the life of the people also portraits of many prominent men of the time members of the medici family scholars painters and other celebrated men the execution however is very uneven and he was evidently then getting old he died at pisa in fourteen ninety seven and is buried in the campo santo he had beautified but besides the foregoing another young painter sandro botticelli was at this time beginning to come forward botticelli is par excellence the painter of the time of lorenzo the magnificent but his first period belongs to that of piero il Gotoso. one of his prominent characteristics is that being of an unusually receptive nature he reflects to a singular degree the prevailing mental atmosphere around him so much so that when the spirit of the time changes the spirit and character of his pictures change with it as a consequence botticelli's painting may be divided into four distinct periods with different styles due to events which caused marked changes in the life of florence these four periods are one the period of the rule of piero il gotoso fourteen sixty four to fourteen sixty nine two the period of the rule of lorenzo the magnificent fourteen sixty nine to fourteen ninety two three the time of savonarola's dominance in florence fourteen ninety four to fourteen ninety eight four the portion of botticelli's life after savonarola's death fourteen ninety eight to fifteen ten owing to the close connection which his pictures usually have with the events of the time there is less difficulty than with other painters in determining their date one very shortly after he became head of the family in fourteen sixty four piero began to employ sandro botticelli then a young painter of twenty in whom he recognized great talent and the modern world which values botticelli so highly owes gratitude to piero il Cotoso for the generous help and encouragement by which he enabled the friendless youth to succeed as he did nor was piero il Cotoso alone in this his highly cultured wife lucrezia tornaboni was at least as much concerned in the matter as her husband and in the pictures of botticelli's first period when he was between twenty and twenty-five her influence is clearly traceable by this talented pair of patrons botticelli only five years older than their eldest son was taken into the casa medici made almost like a son of the house and kept continually occupied in painting pictures for which they gave him liberal remuneration and botticelli throughout his life cherished a deep devotion towards piero il Gotoso and his wife lucrezia for the help affection and encouragement which he had received from them in his earliest years as regards technique the chief point for which botticelli is always praised is his beauty of line in drawing his love of life dancing movement and waving drapery is very apparent ruskin says he often appears affected but would not have been in accord with the spirit of the time if he had not been slightly affected 
much studied grace of manner much formal assertion of scholarship were a part of the spirit of the time but he was gifted with another power greater than his technique botticelli was permeated with that spirit which donatello had taught as the ultimate aim and highest glory of art beginning to paint just two years before donatello died botticelli carried on the latter's message to the world of art he is able if his subject is a religious one to make a single picture convey a whole sermon if his subject is a classical myth to make a single picture bring before our minds the whole spirit of a period if his subject is historical to cause a single picture to relate the entire history of a long episode possessed of such a power he is naturally very fond of allegorical treatment and the suggestion of a whole train of thought often giving the entire meaning of his picture by some comparatively small detail hence while his poetry of imagination his human sympathy religious spirit and beautiful technique cannot but appeal to all a mere rapid glance at his pictures will fail to reveal their depth of thought while many of his most important pictures will not be understood at all without a full knowledge of the history of the period all the principal pictures of botticelli's first period were painted for piero il gotoso referring to those which still remain at florence we have four principal pictures belonging to this period the judith the madonna of the magnificat the adoration of the magi and the fortitude all of them now in the uffizi gallery regarding the charming little picture of judith it is remarked by ruskin that among all the many pictures on this favorite subject this one by botticelli is the only one that is true to judith and that this will be seen if the book of judith is studied his reasons for this opinion and his remarks on this picture generally are well worth studying in the madonna of the magnificat we have a picture painted for piero il gotoso about the year fourteen sixty five the influence of lucrezia tornaboni the deeply religious poetess is specially apparent in this case her spirit breathes throughout the picture which is like a representation in painting of her poems it is sometimes called the humilitas in allusion both to the expression on the madonna's face as she writes her song of praise and to the fact that the finger of the child rests on that word in her song the left hands of both child and mother rest together on a bitten pomegranate the emblem of the fall it has been said of this picture that it expresses a depth of divine tenderness and a deep spiritual feeling such as no other painter not even raphael has reached it differs in one notable respect from the many other pictures on the subject of the madonna and child which botticelli painted in his third period namely in its keynote for while the keynote of this picture is humility that of all those of his third period is foreboding sorrow this picture was painted for piero and his wife lucrezia at the time when their two sons lorenzo and giuliano were boys of about sixteen and twelve respectively i e the year fourteen sixty five or fourteen sixty six they are the two boys introduced into the picture as angels who are kneeling before the madonna and child and holding the inkstand in the book in which the blessed virgin is writing her song while a third angel bends over them protectingly 
resting one hand on the shoulder of each giuliano is the one facing the spectator with the lock of hair on his forehead lorenzo's naturally darker complexion has been intensified in order to throw all the light on giuliano the favorite younger son of the mother for whom the picture was painted end of section thirteen